Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 33. Today's episode is all about eliminating anxiety and rewiring your brain. Anxiety is actually a message from our unconscious mind to focus on what we want. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. First off, Mind Love is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can get all of your favorite podcasts. It has a super clean layout and you can create playlists and download episodes to play offline. It's my personal favorite and where I listen to all of my podcasts. Don't worry, you can still listen to Mind Love wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope you'll give CastBox a try. Second, don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and leave a review if you can. Reviews really help to entice more amazing guests. Plus, it helps me grow the show, which ultimately helps me give more value to you guys. Today, we're talking about anxiety. It's one of my most requested topics, which makes sense because it's apparently become the number one mental health issue in North America. It's estimated that a third of the American adult population experiences anxiety-related issues, and anxiety can affect everything. I know it feels like I say blank can affect everything pretty often, but that's because everything can affect everything else. Everything is connected. Our minds and our bodies have limited stamina, so when energy and resources are being funneled into dealing with some chronic issue, it takes away energy and resources for other things like, oh, you know, brain function, immune response, general healing, digestion, all of the things. The cool thing about this episode, though, is that in learning to overcome anxiety, we learn to rewire our brains, which can be used for all the other things we want our brains to do, like form positive habits, think happy thoughts, react better, and even learn faster. Our guest today is Ashley James. She's a master practitioner and trainer in neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, timeline therapy, hypnosis, and coaching, as well as the host of the Learn True Health podcast. Through holistic practices and harnessing the natural processes of the brain, Ashley's helped thousands of people over the last decade to free themselves of anxiety permanently. And today she's teaching us a bunch of really awesome tricks that you can do right now to get immediate results. So today, three key things you will learn are how and why anxiety affects your whole life, how to effectively form new habits, and three techniques to eliminate anxiety, whether it's around a specific event, the outlook of your day, or the outlook of your entire life. Before we dive in, I want to invite you to sign up for the Morning Mind Love. You'll get short daily reminders of your own beauty, worth, and power so you can start each day with a positive mindset and keep your vibes up between episodes. To sign up, visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. You'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. First, you'll get our exclusive Powerless booklet, which is an awesome free booklet based on proven principles from the most successful people and some of our favorite guests. Plus, you'll get a free guided affirmation meditation set at the Miracle Tone, which is known to help attract love, health, and abundance into your life. The layered affirmations perfectly tune your frequency for personal transformation. So be sure to head to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. Now let's welcome Ashley James to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. What is your background and how did you first become interested in holistic health? 
when I was a kid, I was about six years old and I was sick all the time, but I thought it was normal. You know, when you're a kid and you just, however you feel you think is really normal. And I had sore throats all the time. I was kind of just like blah and kind of gray. I had sleep in my eyes that would make it so my eyes wouldn't open in the morning. Now my mom, she was on a course of antibiotics for about six months. You know, this is the early eighties and her career was taking off. And she would rather just take the medicine instead of rest and take a week off work and just, you know, get over the cold because she took so much antibiotics just for like a cold. She ended up getting candida, which is a yeast overgrowth that happens when we, you know, have a course of antibiotics and it it kills off all the good biome, the good bacteria in our gut. And what's left is all the bad stuff that can flourish. And so she felt just horrible all the time and bloated and just lots of brain fog. And she kind of felt like really irritable and she'd snap at everyone. She just really wasn't happy. And so she's decided, you know, the medical doctor, the MD wasn't working. They just kept wanting to give her drugs. And uh, she found a naturopathic physician. And so she took me and I remember it really clearly. I was about six years old. He looked in my eyes, my ears. He took my blood. He looked in all parts of my head and he said, you're allergic to milk, yeast, wheat, and sugar. Stay away from them. And he got us on a course of supplements that he designed himself. He actually had like this little compounding pharmacy that he created his own supplements. And he got us on a diet. It was totally radical. This is the mid 80s. And it was gluten free, mostly grain free. It was sugar free. It was all processed food free, no dairy. So we went home and I went from eating cereal with milk and chocolate milk and all the things that you'd want to eat when you're six to fruits, vegetables, legumes, beans, nuts, some fish, some chicken, and lots and lots of vegetables, which was really boring for a six-year-old. But my health all of a sudden took off. I had so much energy. I did not get sick once until I was 13 years old, and I decided to rebel and start eating the Halloween candy. I started eating the cafeteria food at school. I stopped taking the supplements. I was totally rebelling like a teenager. And so I had this really interesting experience where the first part of my life from age six to age 13, I was incredibly healthy, um, never sick. My mom got her health back very quickly as well. And then my teenage years, I just ate how all the other teenagers were eating and I lost my health. It went just completely downhill. By 19 years old, I was pre-diabetic. I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. I was told I would never have kids. And then by the time I was 26, I had chronic, monthly chronic infections that needed antibiotics. I had chronic adrenal fatigue. I was full-blown diabetic and I was a mess. So even knowing how powerful holistic methods can be, you still fall away from that. But also you were a teenager and I want to say that the shit I did as a teenager just doesn't count. It doesn't. So how long did it take you from your teenage angst years to finding your way back to a holistic path? Now, somewhere around there also, my mom passed away and I I really lost myself emotionally. So I'd already lost my body, which really sucked. But then I lost my, my emotional body and my mental body and I felt totally out of whack. And so I decided to, to seek out a way to heal f- and grieve healthfully from losing my mom. And that's when I discovered neuro-linguistic programming. And and what that allowed me to do is learn amazing tools so that I could heal emotionally and become stronger mentally and have all these tools so that I could go out in the world, enforce healthy boundaries, let go of negative emotions, let go of limiting decisions, and create the, the person I know I am inside without all the garbage, without all the baggage. And a let go of a lot of guilt and shame and all that was able to resolve all that and feel just really empowered in my life, which is awesome. And I decided I wanted to do it with others. So I, I became a master practitioner and trainer of neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, hypnosis and coaching. So I healed my heart. I got my, my brain, my mindset to the point where I was really strong. But my body, I felt like I was a prisoner of my own body, right? I thought, okay, maybe it's mindset. Maybe I just need to like love myself more, right? Or maybe I need to go on this diet or this diet. And I went on over 30 diets and every diet worked for a little bit, but then stopped working. And so I thought it must be me. There must be something wrong with me, right? And not realizing that there was this whole component called nutrition (laughs) that was missing. And so it took me a few years, but I finally came back to and found holistic medicine again. 
So once you had found your way back to this path, how did you then start to work with people in overcoming their anxiety? So I came back to naturopathic medicine about seven years ago. And what I had been doing was I had been really successfully working with clients, helping them to eliminate anxiety. And I never really realized that I had anxiety until I learned NLP. And I realized that just like when I was six years old and I thought that the way I was like always sick all the time was normal, like that's what health was. Anxiety was something that was with me almost all the time. And I didn't know it until I learned how to not have it anymore. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like life without anxiety is amazing. And so it became so exciting and so, so fulfilling to help other people because so many people live, live in this state of just constant anxiety or even low-grade anxiety or general anxiety or just like these, these points of almost panic attacks. And they don't even know that that's what it is because they've had it for so long. Or maybe they kind of know what it is, but they're sort of brushing it off as, well, this is just who I am. Or they, they're sort of accepting that this is how life is. Just like I was sort of accepting that's just how life was until I learned that there were tools that are incredibly powerful that can help you no longer have it. And so about seven years ago, I, I discovered natural medicine again, right? Because I had it when I was a kid. And I had to I had to rediscover it for myself and be an adult about it. And so I found a bunch of naturopaths to learn from and study from. They mentored me. I ended up becoming a health coach. And through that, I no longer have. So I completely reversed my type 2 diabetes, my polycystic ovarian syndrome, my infertility. I now have a three-year-old. Thank you very much. And that's something I never thought I'd ever have. And I was able to do it totally naturally, conceive totally naturally with holistic medicine. And so, of course, I'm I'm a big raving fan of it. And after healing and conceiving and having a healthy child, my mission in life is to help as many people as possible get their health back. And that's why I started my podcast, the Learn True Health podcast, because I interview all these holistic health practitioners, so that we can get this information out there so that people who are suffering no longer need to suffer. For those of you who are like, what the heck is NLP? NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Neuro refers to your neurology, as in the nervous system, including the brain. Linguistics refers to language, and programming refers to how that neural language functions. So in other words, learning NLP is like learning the language of your own mind. The creators of NLP claim that there's a connection between brain processes, the neuro part of it, language, the linguistics part of it, and behavioral patterns learned through experience, which is the programming part of it. But the cool part is, they say that these things can be changed to achieve specific goals in life, such as treating phobias, depression, learning disorders, and as we're talking about today, anxiety. For most of my life, I didn't really understand anxiety, to be honest. I used to have a close friend that had anxiety attacks that would lead to panic attacks, and I'd be thinking, what do you mean you're freaking out? Nothing is happening. But now, the more I'm getting in tune with my body, the more I'm able to dissect my emotions and reactions, figure out where they came from, what triggered them. And now I feel like I do experience anxiety, just not in the same ways that she did. So I wasn't able to recognize it. So does anxiety show itself differently in different people? So you and I could go to the same movie and it's like we've seen two different movies, right? Like, have you ever gone to a movie with someone, they hated and you loved it or vice versa? And you're like, how can you not have had the exact same experience? We saw the same movie. Like, that's life. Anxiety can be different for different people because we are so different with our belief system. Okay, so then what exactly is anxiety? What anxiety is, is it's not a negative emotion. I know that sounds really weird, but let me describe what anxiety is. All other emotions, both good and bad, and, and I, don't, I don't want to say emotions are bad because like anger is actually really healthy when it's anger in the moment. So if you see a child being beaten across the street, you bet I'm running with anger <laughs> to go save that child, right? So anger in the moment about an injustice helps us to get off our butt and go do something. That's really healthy. And that's really healthy to immediately process it and let it go, right? Because remember, our unconscious mind is communicating with emotions to us. So when we feel an emotion like sadness or 
happiness or joy or whatever emotions we're feeling or our unconscious mind is going, hey, this is in alignment with my values or this is not in alignment with my values, right? So it's letting us know, are we on the right path or not? You can use your emotions as a guide in some ways and it's sometimes, right? Sometimes not because our emotions could be coming from unresolved memories from the past or negative beliefs about ourself or our life in which we have to resolve, right? With anxiety, though, we cannot experience it in the past. And what I mean by that is, I sitting here right now, you could think of something really sad that's happened in the past. And I could probably start to cry right now if I thought about that I've lost both of my parents in my 20s. And I could probably start to cry if I think about enough right now, right? Or I could think about the happiest moments of my life, giving birth to my son, whatever it was that was like incredibly powerful. You can think about past memories that were very happy and start to feel those emotions now. So you could feel joy and excitement or you could feel fear or sadness. All emotions you can feel if you think about past events in which you had strong emotions. It's called the Gestalt, which in German means chain. It's memories that are chained together. So all of our memories of sadness are actually stored in our neurology as a chain. So every time I've ever felt sad. So we can light that up in our neurology every single happy experience, every single joyful experience. And we can feel it now. But you cannot think of something that's happened in the past that's complete, that is over. Like that fire that I experienced. Our hotel was on fire in Mexico 15 years ago. I can't feel anxiety because it's over. So anxiety isn't like any other emotion because anxiety is actually a message from our unconscious mind to focus on what we want. I know anxiety helps to anticipate that something unpleasant might be happening to trigger that ancient fight or flight response, but I've never heard it described as something that helps you focus on what you do want. What do you mean by that? Imagine you are driving to work. Let's say you live in LA because I don't know where everyone lives. So let's just say we're making up a, a life here where we all live in LA and we work in Orange County. We work in a big office building and it's like a high stress job, but it's really well paying, but it's high stress. And, and if we, if we're late one more time, we're getting fired, right? And everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, everyone puts their brake lights on. It's not like every, everyone stopped, but every, we just see brake lights everywhere. And in that moment, we panic and we feel anxiety. And we're like, oh, we are already there. Like, oh, my gosh. And what, what happened was in an instant, because we're meaning-making machines, right? So we always try to predict what's going to happen in the future, and usually in a negative way, because that's how we survived. We didn't, like, walk into the woods going, there are no bears here. <laughs> we always walked into the woods going, there's tons of bears here, and I need to avoid them. So we kind of have this evolutionary doubting Thomas on our shoulder, because thinking about worst case scenarios, leaning towards worst case scenarios and being a bit of a pessimist is sort of how we survived as a species is looking for the next bear that's going to you know, chase us up a tree. And so we see all these brake lights and in an instant, our brain goes, I'm going to be late for work. My boss is going to fire me. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to be dead. And all of a sudden, basically, the brake lights become a symbol for your life ending right now. And now, at this point, you no longer have conscious control because what's taken over is your stress response. So your stress response, adrenaline kicks in. And you don't even know. All you're doing is driving. You might be singing to your favorite song, but adrenaline kicks in. It shunts blood away from the logic centers of the brain. So now you're not thinking clearly. Now you've got your chimp brain and your reptilian brain running the show, and you're feeling anxiety. And anxiety is just totally kicked in. And anxiety kicks in because your unconscious mind is going, wait a second, is this what we really want? We're focusing on this horrific future in which we are homeless and we die, and we get fired and we you know lose all of our money. Is, is this what we really want? What's interesting to me is that none of those things are really happening. So why does it have such a huge physical response, even though these things are just imagined? You see, the body cannot tell the difference between what's imagined and what's real. And they've proven this time and time again. And I'll cite one example where they took three groups of people and they taught the first group a simple five finger piano exercise. It was like a little song that they played with one hand. 
And these people had never played the piano before. And they, they said, okay, 30 minutes every day for a week, you're going to practice this song over and over and over again with one hand on the piano. And the second group, they taught them the exercise and then they had them close their eyes. And for 30 minutes a day, they had them imagine that they were playing the piano with their one hand. And the third control group, they had them just play with the piano. They didn't teach them anything. They said, okay, just play with the piano for half an hour. And what they noticed is that the first two groups had the exact same mind maps and that they were three times more expressive than the people who just aimlessly played with a piano. And they saw that those who imagined playing the song and those who actually played the song to the body, to the neurology, to the brain, to the nervous system, it was the exact same thing. And they see this time and time again where they have like sports players imagine getting the goal or you know, shooting the ball into the hoop and then actually doing it physically. And they see that those who just imagine over and over and over again have just as much improvement as those that actually practice. And so practice makes perfect, but imaginary practice makes perfect too. And why is that? Because the body cannot tell the difference between what's imagined and what's real. So the brain and the body cannot tell the difference. So when you're sitting in a movie theater or when you're sitting at home watching the zombies jump out and your palms start sweating and your heart starts racing, that's because your brain actually thinks zombies are jumping out. You, I know you know logically it's just a movie. And that's why amusement parks are fun. That's why watching scary movies are fun. Because in a, in a very safe environment, we can go through an incredibly scary experience and have the sensations in our body as though we're being chased by the bear, but know that we're not actually being chased by the bear. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline. Or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. And now for another episode of lies we've been told about our health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. That makes sense. It's the same reason that visualizations and affirmations and feeling into your success before you even have it can be so, so powerful. Only this is the opposite. You're basically living in the feelings of negative future outcomes. So from a law of attraction standpoint, you're manifesting the worst. But there's a science behind this as well. 
By now, it's pretty common knowledge that stress can be super harmful on the body, leading to health problems and even a shorter lifespan. And anxiety is basically prolonged stress. So what effects does this have on the body? The problem with anxiety is that people that don't understand why we have anxiety go to a doctor and get put on drugs that alters the chemistry of their body and they still, they're still going to have anxiety because they're still focusing on what we don't want. Now, the problem with focusing on what you don't want is you're triggering stress response over and over and over and over. And the more you trigger stress response, you stop the enzymatic processes of the body from performing healing acts. I'm into sci-fi, so I'm not sure if you've ever seen like Star Trek where the captain says, you know, we're being attacked by the Borg, divert all energy from levels one through seven to the shields. And that's exactly what happens in our body. When we're in stress mode, it shuts down everything. So let's say there's 700 enzymatic processes that have to do with immune health, that have to do with making new and healthy cells, that have to do with repairing old cells, that have to do with detoxification and removing heavy metals, like everything. All that production that deals with long-term health gets put on hold so that you can run away from the bear and survive the immediate stress. But if you're constantly focusing on what you don't want, imagining worst-case scenarios in your mind, you're constantly telling your brain that you're under threat and then it gets itself put back in a state of stress. And so that's why people end up with ulcers and they end up with immune conditions and being immune compromised and they end up developing cancer. I just spoke with a woman who her son developed cancer and we talked about why she thought he developed cancer. And, and she believes that because in utero, because he was an uh, infant with cancer and she was working for a tech company that was highly stressful here in Seattle, incredibly stressful. Even though she was eating organic and doing everything healthy, she was under constant stress. And that can create cancer because it's turning off all of the processes in the body that are for long-term health and only having on what is absolutely immediate for survival right now. So with anxiety, we have to appreciate the emotion of anxiety is actually very good. Now, I don't want you to be in it forever and I don't want you to experience anxiety. And I teach you techniques to have you never experience anxiety. But right as you're learning these techniques, shift your relationship with anxiety from this sucks and I want to get rid of it like a headache. I want to just get rid of it and mute it to I am so thankful I have it because it's my, you know, the dashboard on your car has the warning lights that come on, tell you to check the oil. And if you just ignored those, put tape over them, eventually your engine would seize. Anxiety is the warning light on your dashboard telling you something is wrong. We need to do something right now. And thank God for anxiety. So if we can shift our relationship to go, this is great. Anxiety is fantastic because it's letting me know I'm focusing on what I don't want to have happen. I didn't even realize I, I equated these brake lights to death, right? And we do it all the time. That's a great way to look at it. Physical symptoms should be our warning signals to investigate the root of whatever's going on. People aren't just born with anxiety, I think, especially in Western countries, we have this tendency to just medicate the issue. And it's not really our fault. It's how our health system treats all our ailments. So we're conditioned with this response. But relief from something doesn't mean any actual healing has occurred. It's usually just suppressing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a really big believer in medicine that's been around longer than pharmaceutical drugs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When we suppress something in the body, and this is from homeopathic medicine, when we suppress something, it actually drives the illness deeper into us. And that's why any infant that has eczema, if you give it steroid cream, because you're suppressing it, it drives the illness deeper. And every child with eczema that's given steroid cream always develops asthma. So eczema to asthma, because you're driving the illness deeper. And same with emotions. If, if you drive something deeper by suppressing emotions with drugs, it's going to manifest in a different way. One day you might wake up with panic attacks. We have anxiety and then panic attacks and phobia after that. And then like post-traumatic stress even after that. So this is how it ramps up. Or you might wake up with something else because it's not addressing the root cause. So I have an appreciation and respect, sort of like I have, I have a respect for guns when they're needed, which is very rare. I have a respect for drugs when they're needed, which is very rare. That's a, a 
guns and drugs should be used about the same amount in my mind, because I've seen you can reverse almost everything with natural medicine. And so I appreciate drugs for emergency medicine. If like you're in a car crash, I want you to get care from a medical doctor. If you're having a heart attack, I want you to get care from a medical doctor, but everything else when it's chronic illness, we should not see a medical doctor. If we have emotions that we want to resolve, we should not see a medical doctor because drugs are going to just suppress the symptoms and not deal with the root issue. And that's a really big problem that's going to arise in other areas in your life later on. So I'd love for you to walk us through one of your techniques. Say I'm feeling a lot of anxiety over something coming up. What do I do? I'd love to teach you and your listeners my anxiety freedom release technique. It's, it's so much fun. And basically, you will have an experience of not having anxiety. And I've explained what anxiety is. And the reason why it works is instead of focusing on what we don't want to have happen, which is, oh, my God, I don't have money. I'm not going to pay my bills. I'm homeless. I'm dead. Right? And that happens in a split second. And our body acts like we're already homeless and dying. <laughs> and so then our stress response takes over and then we're no longer driving the bus. So that's anxiety. My technique has you focusing on what you do want. And when you focus on what you do want, it sends a message to your body that we are safe now. We are safe now. Everything's fine. Oh, good. And then you stop feeling anxiety. So I know it sounds really simple. And it, this is what NLP is, is that it is using how our neurology already works. It's like the manual that should have come with us when we were born. It's how our neurology works. And it's, so it's the on switch or the off switch. Okay, great. Are you ready to go through an exercise in which you will no longer have anxiety in the moment? Yes, I'm ready. So listeners, obviously don't be driving. We're going to have to close our eyes. So you could pause it and pull over. Or just make sure you're in a place where it's okay to close your eyes. Now you don't have to, but it's just easier to the first time you learn this. Now, Ask yourself, and I'm going to ask you in a second, Melissa, but for the listeners, ask yourself on a scale of one to 10, when you think about an event that's coming up in your future, and it doesn't have to be like the, the biggest thing in the world, like a 10 out of 10, but is there something that's coming up in your future that when you think about it, you can feel anxiety now, like paying your next bill, talking to your accountant, talking to your boss, it's like whatever it is that stresses you out or makes you feel anxiety, get in touch with that and imagine whatever events happening in your future. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much anxiety do you feel right now? So 10 being the most, 1 being really minimal. So Melissa, do you have a specific event in your future for which when you think of it now, you feel anxiety? If I feel anxious, it's usually about one of two things. In the past, it's been money, but I've been working on my money mindset, so that's getting better. And confrontation. And there's a conversation that I've been putting off for quite a while now, but just decided to go for it. So I'm feeling a little anxious about that. So on a scale of 1 to 10, when you think about it right now, how much anxiety do you feel in your body right now? Let me think about that. Ooh, <laughs> when I really focus on it, it's between an 8 and a 9. Great. So what I want you to do, and please listeners follow along, because I'm going to guide the listeners and Melissa at the same time. So what I'd like you to do is close your eyes. And I want you to float above your timeline. So imagine your whole life is in front of you. Your past is behind you. Your future is in front of you like a big highway. I want you to float above that. And I want you to float 15 minutes past the successful completion of the event for which you have anxiety around. And you need to imagine the successful completion. So if someone was anxious about a plane trip, they're imagining 15 minutes after the successful completion of the plane landing. So what are you doing 15 minutes after? You're getting your baggage. Maybe you're already in your hotel room, right? What you have to imagine is that really mundane time, 15 minutes after the successful completion of something you were anxious about. So this really mundane, like I'm at home watching TV or I'm cooking dinner or I'm already in my hotel room or I'm going for a walk. What are you doing 15 minutes after the successful completion? Now, Melissa, on a scale of one to 10, where is your anxiety now? I'd say like a two or a three, but only because I think I need more time to sit with that feeling in order to really feel that successful completion. Great. So 95% of listeners at this point no longer have anxiety because they were very clear on what they were anxious about. They imagine 15 minutes past the successful completion, which told their body, hey, there's no threat 
the threat is gone now because remember the mind cannot tell the difference between what is imagined and what's real. So now we no longer have a threat because we've turned off that stress response. So anxiety goes away. It goes dormant. We go back into parasympathetic response of rest and digest because we're imagining the best case scenario, the successful completion and 15 minutes past the successful completion. So it's like really great. Okay. Now the 5% that still have anxiety have it for one of two reasons. They didn't imagine the success. So some people just imagined the completion and it was like the shittiest completion ever, right? Because they still weren't imagining the success. Point number two, you did not imagine the root reason why you have anxiety. There's surface stuff and we've got to go deeper. I'll give you an example. I was working with an author who was also a podcaster and he was about to launch his second book and he had tremendous amounts of anxiety about it. And so I asked him, can you please, what, what, first of all, I said, you know, what are you anxious about? Well, I'm anxious about the launch of my book. Great. How much anxiety do you have? I think he was like a six or a seven. I said, great. Go 15 minutes past the successful completion of your book launch. Where's your anxiety? Uh, it's about a two. Okay, great. There's still some left, right? So he, he did fully imagine successful completion, but that's not what he was really anxious about. So I said, okay, what are you anxious of right now? And when it came to this author, what he realized he was concerned about were the, all the book reviews. Deeper than wanting to see a successful book launch was wanting to see that his book reviews were positive. I had him go float 15 minutes past the successful completion of every single review, which could be 2 million years from now because it's Amazon. And just because he's passed away doesn't mean reviews aren't going to stop coming in. So... The question is like, really, the last review? Yes, you have to imagine 15 minutes past the successful completion of the very last review your book will ever get. And success, meaning you got to imagine five stars, right? And immediately the anxiety melted away from his body and he became incredibly happy. And then he had this aha moment where he realized that the focusing on negative reviews is what he was doing after every interview. And so instead of having like so, so much joy in his life, it was the joy was sucked out of his life because he was focusing on what he didn't want to have happen. That's a really great example that I can totally relate to because with the author slash podcast host, his anxiety was a reoccurring thing. It's a lot easier to pinpoint anxiety when it's coming from something with this finite date, such as a flight or in my case, a conversation. But when it's a regular occurring event, these negative feelings all sort of blend together and you start to just feel like, this is life. This is how I feel. This is how life feels. The things causing these duller feelings of anxiety stop being so obvious as the starting points of it all. In my own life, I felt like this pretty often in 2016 and 17. I was going through some pretty big transitions, but it took me getting myself out of it to realize what was causing it all. And for me, it was not having a purpose. Because inside, you feel this nagging obligation to figure out what to do with your life, to add value in some way. And the longer it took me to find it, the more terrified I became that I wouldn't. But thankfully, I found something that gives me so much joy to do, which is this podcast, if you couldn't already tell. And just a side note, for those of you who are still struggling to figure out your purpose, follow Mind Love Podcast on Instagram, at Mind Love Podcast. I just joined the IGTV bandwagon and started doing some live Instagram videos. And this week, I'll be sharing a bunch of exercises that helped me figure out exactly what would bring me this kind of joy. So what can we do about these more sort of blanketed feelings of anxiety that aren't coming from something with one finite date? So I have two things. One, I'd like you to float above your timeline. And I want you to go 15 minutes past the successful completion of your life. So imagine 15 minutes past the successful completion of your very long, long and healthy life. Where's your anxiety? No one will have anxiety when they go 15 minutes past the successful completion. They have to imagine the successful life, which means like they lived to 120, they died peacefully in their sleep, surrounded by those they love. And everyone's happy and they're happy and they've accomplished absolutely everything in their life. And they made all the money they wanted. They made all the family and friends and they climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, everything they ever wanted to do. They have to imagine the successful completion and they die when they're ready to die and they're so happy to. And it's like they're ready to move on and reincarnate to their go to heaven or whatever they want to do. There's no anxiety anymore because 
you've just told your brain that everything is happy and peaceful and successful. And so your body shut off the nervous system response of stress, right? So that's one thing you can do. You can always go 15 minutes past the successful completion of your life and be like, you know what? My life's going to work out. This one little hiccup's not going to like, look, see, I saw my life. I saw my myself at 120. Clearly this tiny problem is a blip in the, in the radar is a bump in the road. I'm making mountains out of molehills, right? That's one thing you could do. I love this technique because it has multiple layers of value to it. Along with helping you dissipate your anxiety, it can also be a great tool for manifesting and getting clear on what you want the sum of your life to look like. I took a goal-setting course last year, and one of the exercises had me write a letter as my 90-year-old self to me. So like from the year 2075, how did my life turn out? What advice would I give myself? In it, I thanked myself for my strength and drive for starting this process of creating such a fulfilling life. This was just before I launched my podcast, and I reassured myself that the business I'm building helped thousands and eventually millions of people, and that we helped people open their eyes about what they're truly capable of, and that people are taking their lives and health into their own hands. This exercise was so much more powerful than I ever thought it would be. It shifted this paradigm of thought that I had been trapping myself in. So I challenge you guys to not only float above your life and see its successful completion, but get down to the nitty gritty details of it. Write it down and revisit this as often as possible. You don't even need to know the exact details of how you do this, but just more what kind of value you want to leave. It'll not only help you feel better in the moment, but it'll be a kind of lighthouse to sail toward. And even when it storms and the waves are crashing, you'll know which general direction to go in. My other technique, this is the preventive homework that you do every day to rewire. Pick something you do every morning, so like brush your teeth. And then during that time, you want to take about 30 seconds. And I want you to focus on what you want in that day. So you're going to think about the activities that you have through the day. So I'm going to give you some examples. I know I'm going to drive to the gym. I'm going to drive to work and I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to come home. I'm going to make dinner. Like I know those are the things I'm doing today. And this isn't 15 minutes past because we're not, this it's not about anxiety in the moment. What we're doing is we're using preventive medicine to tell the body, tell the brain, everything is going awesome. So let's say the day is you're going to the gym, you know, the next thing you're doing is going to the gym. Great. So I want you to imagine as you're brushing your teeth, the best workout of your life. And what would that would look like? What's the end? So just go like, fast forward right to the very end of your gym workout. And it's like you're in the mirror, you're kind of at the dumbbells, and you're pumping iron. And you're like, Oh, my gosh, I've gotten up to 20 pounds. I can't believe it. I was just doing five pounds a month ago. And now I'm doing 20. And you're like, face is all red. And you're kind of sweaty. And you look so sexy with your hair that way. And you're like, damn, girl, I look hot. It's all that you actually have to then go do that. But imagine the end of the most successful workout of your life. And you're going to get totally pumped just, and this is what, five or 10 seconds of, and just close your eyes and imagine this. And what this does is it sends a signal to your body to expect this. It sends a signal to the reticular activating system to go find this, to seek this, to create everything in your biochemistry that aligns your body and your life with this. This is your future. Because remember, your brain cannot tell the difference between what's imagined and what's real. So your brain's going to go, this is real. This is really happening. This is awesome. I love my life, right? And then the next thing, um, let's say you have to then drive to work. Okay, so now you have to imagine the best drive to work. So like every light screen, best drive ever, your favorite tunes on the radio, everyone's totally happy and respectful on the road, like best drive ever, right? And it took you five seconds to imagine that, but it's telling your brain, that you're setting your life up for that. So your particular activating system is going to help you see that instead of see the drivers trying to cut you off, right? And then you imagine the best day at work. So just imagine some clippets at work. What would have to happen to be the best day at work? Like your boss high fives you and smiles at you and your coworkers are all nice and someone gives you a donut. I don't know. And all your clients call you back. All your sales are a yes. Like whatever it is that happens at work that just makes it the best day at work. 
So you imagine yourself coming home and having a really successful drive home and you imagine yourself like the best dinner ever that you cooked. Or maybe you imagine if your husband's going to cook dinner that he cooked the best dinner. And then you imagine yourself in bed at, at a reasonable time that you're really happy with. And you even imagine yourself the next morning waking up having had the best sleep of your life. And that's it. Now you've set up the next 24 hours in your mind to be going, focusing on and moving towards what you want. And then that's it. You just go on with your day. And if you ever like feel down during the day, just do a little refresher. Imagine the next you know few events in your day being the best events possible. And it takes you know five seconds to 30 seconds. Every time you do that, you are programming your unconscious mind. You're sending orders down to your unconscious mind. This is my life. This is what I want. This is the blueprint. Go get this. And it turns off the stress response because your body goes, oh, no threat here. Everything's cool. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, (laughs) and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash MindLove. Just go to Indeed.com slash MindLove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash MindLove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so we focus on the perfect day, moment by moment, making these sort of mundane things turn out exactly how a perfect but still regular day would. And we do this every day. But I know there's been a lot of things that I've told myself I'm going to start doing every single day, and then I lose my motivation. What is the best way to ensure that this becomes a habit or actually sticks in our daily routine? It takes between 21 and 60 days. I know you hear 21 days to make or break a habit. That's actually like the minimum amount of time unless you're using some NLP techniques to actually wire this habit in. If you're just trying to like force it in by repetition, which is which is also effective, it's, it takes a little bit longer. It's 21 to 60 days, okay? So just plan for 60 days. Do it every day. So you're going to pick a time every morning. Pick something you do every day. So if you pee in the morning every day or if you brew your coffee or your tea or if you go for walks or yoga, whatever you do first thing in the morning and you do it seven days a week and you would do it whether you're traveling or not. So that's why I say like if you pee every morning, if you brush your teeth every morning, whatever you do, this is called habit stacking where you take the new 
habit you want to make sure you do it every day, you always stack it onto a habit you already know you do. So I know that I pee and I brush my teeth. I know I do that every day. That makes sense. And I guess I was sort of already unintentionally doing this because before I had my morning routine, I told myself for years I was going to start a morning routine, but I just couldn't make it consistent for some reason. And then when I finally broke through that barrier, it's just something I know I'm going to do now. And it's been a lot easier adding to my routine than it was to create it in the beginning, I guess due to habit stacking. But if you had told me a year ago that mid-2018, I'd have an hour-long morning routine, I would have thought you were crazy. But when we start to create these habits of intentionally focusing on what we want, whether it's with a specific event or in our day or in the span of our lives, instead of letting our subconscious take over or obsessing about our worries or all these things that we don't want, why is this so effective? What is actually happening in our brains? there's part of the brain called the reticular activating system. It's part of the brain that's part of our filter system. It's part of the unconscious mind's filter system. It's the heat-seeking missile in our brain that allows us to get what we want. And it cannot tell the difference between a negative and a positive. So if we focus on what we don't want, it helps us get it. It helps us get what we don't want. And a greatest example of the reticular activating system in action is in driving You can be riding a bike or driving a car. You like look over at an accident or a cement barrier and all of a sudden you start driving towards it. And that is life. That is everything you do in your life. You think to yourself, I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to be broke because your mind cannot hear a negative directly. So when I say to yourself, don't think of a blue dress, don't think of a red Ferrari, don't think of a beautiful sandy beach in Hawaii. Did you think about those things? Did you see those pictures in your mind? That's because the unconscious mind cannot filter a negative. So when you say to yourself, I don't want to be broke, all your unconscious mind hears is broke, 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 broke. And it's going to filter and help you achieve broke. How likely are you to actually succeed if you're focusing on what you don't want to have happen? Exactly. That's really what I feel like everything comes back to is where you're putting your focus. It determines your current state of mind the energy you radiate, the energy you attract, and really that determines your overall life success. So from all of your years of NLP training and hypnosis and everything else you've learned, what is the number one technique that you could teach us that you feel has brought you the most value over the years? I do have a technique. It is called Hakalau. We call it the learning state. It can make you a better student. It can make you a better presenter. It can make you a better driver. But in ancient Huna, which comes from Hawaii, but originally it comes from Polynesia, and it is a bunch of techniques that they've been practicing for thousands of years. And now we see that there's a strong basis in neurology. So neuroscience, we can see it. So Hakalau, what it is, is it's becoming aware of your peripheral vision. Most people are in their foveal vision and they're just in a funnel vision So if they're watching TV, they don't see if someone's basically standing beside them waving their arms because they've shut off that part of their perception. And so what you can do is you can take your arms and you hold them out beside your head, sort of like you're on the cross, right? So your arms are straight out from your shoulders. And then you bring them in just a little bit and your fingers in just a little bit, sort of like you're almost trying to point your fingers at yourself and you wiggle your fingers. But you make sure that your nose is pointing forward and you're staring straight ahead. And what you just do is you notice in my periphery, can I see my fingers wiggle? And you keep moving your arms closer and closer to the center, to the midline, until you can see your fingers wiggle. Now, some people you have to move your arms in So it's almost like you're about to give someone a hug before you can see your fingers wiggle. And some people can have their arms totally stretched out and wiggle their fingers and they can see them. So you just bring that into your awareness. And if you do this every day, it becomes a strategy. So I am always in peripheral vision. I always have that full awareness. I'll notice if I'm like angry, for example, I don't have it. I'm not in it. And so then I become aware of my peripheral vision. And then what that does is you can't hold on to negative emotions and be totally in your peripheral vision. Same with you can't be incredibly anxious on a public stage while you're training a group of people and be in the kakalo. 
we used all of our NLP techniques to study for our exam. It was about an eight hour exam to become an NLP trainer. It was a full day written exam. And then there was three live on stage exams. It's a very long exam. And I got really, really, really super high mark. And it was because I used all these techniques that allow us to retain information, but it can help you in any aspect of your life. Because anytime you can put a break state, which gives you a few seconds delay in between your reaction and your action. So you can catch yourself and go, okay, wait a second. I know I want to flip this guy off or yell at my husband, but so there's some part of us that gets really juicy, like it gets something out of making them wrong. We get really excited about being right and righteous. But what happens is when, when we're right and righteous, we're actually cutting off the flow of love and vitality from our life. And so it's like, what, do, what would you rather have, love and vitality or being right and righteous? Would you rather be right or happy? And we need to make sure we ask ourselves that. But going into Hakalau will allow you that little break state that helps you step away and become the observer and go, wait a second, okay, he said this and wow, that's really interesting that my reptilian brain wants to tear his head off. That's interesting. What does my logic brain think about that? And so it allow you just kind of slow things down and think things through before you react in a way that you're going to regret later. Side note for my listeners, I've been using this technique ever since this interview and wow, it is freaking effective. I started to notice how often I go into tunnel vision, especially when I have some really strong negative emotion and something about bringing my awareness into the periphery, you can feel your energy just soften, like that pent up emotion just kind of dissipates and spreads thin, kind of more evenly around instead of feeling so acute at the forefront of your brain. It's also been super helpful in listening, especially when I'm doing some of these interviews. Every now and then I'll realize that I'm focusing on the next question to ask and I'll remind myself to move the focus to my periphery so I can be absorbing. And then the questions just seem to kind of flow off my tongue and I catch things that I wouldn't have otherwise caught. In a spiritual sense, I believe I'm opening up my ability to receive information from universal consciousness which is why creativity tends to flourish the less pressure you put on yourself and the more you're able to relax, sit in stillness, and play a little. Now, you do this with your kids, too. If you're dropping them off at school every day, you could basically just put your fingers, sort of like you're about to take your palms and cup them on their ears. You just move them a few inches away from their face so your fingers are on either side by their temples, and you just wiggle your fingers and say, can you see my fingers? And try to hold them just outside of their periphery so it really forces them to become aware of their periphery. If they're in the state where they have their peripheral vision awareness open while they're learning from the teacher, it actually brings their neurology to that point where it's absorbing, it's sort of like recording and absorbing information. And then when they study, you they, you also keep them in Hakalau and it's that state in which they will retain information and they'll be able to do really well in exams. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing so many actionable techniques to sort of tame our brains a bit. So for listeners who are interested in finding out more about you, where can they find you online? Well, okay. So my podcast is called Learn True Health, or they can go to learntruehealth.com. So my anxiety course, which again is so much more than an anxiety course, I made it really affordable so anyone can take it. I have three payment plans. They can pay just the lump sum, which is great. They can pay six monthly payments or they can pay tiny, like $24 weekly payments. It's a month long. And then there's all the techniques to get completely rewire their life. So they no longer have anxiety, but more so the deeper part of that, because this is why people go, well, I don't really have anxiety. But if you know, you have stress response all the time, if you know, you snap at people, if you know, you don't like the amount of anger you have or reactions you have, the course teaches you how to get out of stress response and rewire your life so you're not in stress response, rewire your life so that you're the one in control, your logic centers, your brain are in control and not this like reptilian brains in control. And I also have two months worth of bonuses. I go deeper into timeline therapy, which is what, where we release anger, sadness, fear, hurt and guilt from the past. So we actually completely resolve those. This episode actually has some nuggets of wisdom I think I'll be using my entire life. 
For all of the links mentioned in this episode, including Ashley's anxiety course, go to mindlove.com slash 033. And just an FYI, if you do purchase her course, Ashley's been kind enough to make me an affiliate, so you'll be helping the Mind Love podcast as well. If you're interested in some extra content between episodes, don't forget to follow Mind Love Podcast on Instagram. Like I said before, I've been doing some IGTV videos as well as going live, and I've gotten some really great feedback from you guys, so I'd love to see you over there as well. As always, if you have an extra moment, please leave a review on iTunes or a comment on CastBox. And last but not least, go to mindlove.com to sign up for the morning Mind Love, where you'll get daily messages of inspiration to start your day on a positive note and keep your vibes up between episodes. I love you all, and I'm so grateful to you guys for supporting my dreams. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 